Introducing the all-new Romeo y Julieta Passion. The story of this cigar dates back almost a year, during a visit to the Flor de Coupon factory in Honduras. We witnessed the endless amount of passion and love the workers put into each and every cigar. This hand-rolled cigar uses a blend of Dominican and Honduran filler tobaccos, along with a rich and flavorful binder from the U.S. The wrapper is a zesty Ecuadorian Habano leaf that offers up notes of pepper, leather, nuts, and a dash of cocoa. Ignite your passion and pick up a box of the Romeo y Julieta Passion at jrcigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Master Sensei. And we are on the air, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited. Uh, what a huge show we have for you tonight. I uh, can't wait to get this thing kicked off and running. This is episode 264, Jordan. Wow. It seems... What are we going to do for 300? I know. We gotta, we're going to have to have a big, major blowout on 300. Remember the episode 200? Oh, yeah. Episode 200, we had all the... The mobile lounge. The people calling... No, it was when we had the people calling in, leaving messages on our voicemail. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I don't remember it, I guess. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was amazing. Jordan, how are you? I'm I'm doing excellent. Uh, we got a big rock. studio audience tonight. You can, you can see... see a, in they're running around. Matt There's more. There's, There's like 100 of them over here. Scott, uh, Dominic was in the studio. Uh, but last but not least, Quinn, the newly married... Quinn, how how oh do you have the mic over there? Quinn, you're married. Tell us what it's like. How was the wedding? How did it go? Uh, the wedding was phenomenal, as Juan would say. <laughs> phenomenal. Um, weather was great. Smoke cleared out from the fires. We had a great ceremony at Lake Granby, and I got to break in my new Dupont lighter. Oh uh, yeah, the you right got the, way. Boom bam. So. He got the he got the Dupont lighter, Jordan. Now he's Ooh. the talk of the lounge. He's the talk of the lounge. That's my goal in life, is just to get that lighter. Well, Quinn, congratulations. We're very very honored that uh, you know we got to kind of be part of the planning. I know your wife doesn't know this, but we planned most of the wedding. Yeah, you know, it was pretty much all of our ideas, and so that's. I, I think that we put the uh, the bug in your ear to buy him that uh, Dupont lighter, something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know why we, I mean, we, at some point in my life, my wife will buy me one of those. So no. I'm pretty sure about it. <laughs> Jordan, nope. there's a thousand, over a thousand cigars in the dojoverse.com now that you You're can check welcome. into. You're welcome. Actually, Matt, too. Me and Matt. Matt added and, and Jordan. Just, just data. Just uh, data entry. So you can check into over, what is it, like a thousand sixty at this point? That's thousand sixty five cigars right now. Yeah. So there's a lot of cigars to check into. And as you check into them, of course, you know, if it's a Habano-wrapped cigar or if it's Cameroon, you might earn a badge based on however many of those that you smoke. If it's a strong cigar, if it's a medium-strength cigar or mild, like, you can earn badges for that. So uh, make sure to get on the dojoverse.com. We so are adding some new badges r as we speak, too. There's going to be a lot more wrapper badges coming in, boys. Wrapper badges. So be ready for those. Uh, thanks to everybody on Facebook joining us. There's Jamie Carter, Can I Live? Jamie, Can I live? Jamie checking in. A uh, bunch of dojo people always checking in. 
Jordan, it's been a little bit of a depressing week because I re- I'm realizing now how old I am. So old. Last last night I'm eating spaghetti. Spaghetti. All right. There's nothing. There's there's nothing. Nothing harmful. About nothing spaghetti. harmful about spaghetti. It's so inviting and soft <laughs> and easy. So to innocent. Eat. And as I'm eating, I'm talking to my wife and to my mother-in-law, and we're just having a nice conversation over some spaghetti and a great night. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I realize. Half of my molar fell out. It just, <laughs> it just yeah. fell right out Jeez. of my mouth, and I, I think I swallowed it because I don't know where it went to. Like half of my tooth fell out, and it's just you gone. might as well just let's just just pull them all right now. And I, just get it over with. I'm think I, I I'm thinking like should I should I try to find it like you know like follow myself around for a few days and see if it turns up. Track the missing tooth. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I seems like I need that to put it back in there. <laughs> Ah. Just cut them all out. I've you always don't. been so lucky, Jordan. I I almost never have cavities. I my teeth are just good, but then just boom, out of nowhere, just it falls out. So I don't know. It's, uh, that's when you know you're getting old. Well, yeah. Stuff like that. That hasn't happening. happened to me. I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't know. It will happen to you, <laughs> and I'm gonna laugh when it does. Assuming I'm still around. Hey guys, this is a monumental show. I couldn't be more excited about tonight's uh, show. We're very honored to have. Our guests with us, and and in fortuitous timing too, because oh, oh, oh. There are so, there's some, how do we always do that? We we get some fortuitous timing on our guests. Like remember, we remember. I think we had Jack Chirano, boom, gets fired. <laughs> we had we had um. We had, I thought he got. I thought we had him when he got hired oh, by Espinosa. Yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. Either way, <laughs> was he either got fired or he got hired? I can't remember. And then we had who was who else was it who else was it? <laughs> There's been a few. I, I can't remember. It seemed it's for, there was a while there where anybody who came on our show like two weeks later got fired. It was incredible, but I don't think. That's oh, uh, dirty Fabian. Yeah, yeah, Fabian. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Boom, gone. Well, we've had some uh, interesting timing on so guests on our show. But Cynthia, better watch out. I don't think that's going to happen tonight because, ladies and gentlemen, it's the first lady of cigars, none other than Cynthia. Fuente. Welcome to Smoke Night Live, Cynthia. Hello there. Thank you. What a beautiful introduction. We couldn't be more excited to have you on the show. Um, it's an honor, a true honor to have to have the first lady of cigars on the show. What do you think about that uh, nickname? I'm proud of it. Yeah? I feel very proud of it. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of... came along. No. I kind of feel weird, like my nickname, like people call me Master Sensei, Master Sensei. and and that was never intended. Yes. It was never intended because that it was that was just the logo of the cigar dojo, and that's who we called Master Sensei that logo. And so then the people just started calling me yeah. that. So it it doesn't really make any sense. But your nickname it actually makes sense. You are the first lady of cigars. Thank you. Well, being brought up in the business all my life. And it's just such a natural thing. And Rich Dolak, who works for us, gave me that name. And I wear it very proudly. I wear it very proudly. Well, yeah, It's you such should. a pleasure. I, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I've been to be able to be part of the Cigar Dojo show with Eric and Jordan. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate the invitation. Our dear uh, mutual friend, Jose Blanco. Yeah. He put us together, and uh, I remember, I think a couple months ago, he was on your show, and of course, we all tuned in, 
So for me, it's a delight, and and I really appreciate the invitation. It's a complete honor. Well, so guys, to start the evening, I have a little surprise. Oh, oh, well. I think you well. both absolutely love bourbon. So tonight, in honor of you, Eric and Jordan, I am going to bring out my hey. happy van oh. fifteen. Goodness! Oh my goodness! Big guns, yes, Cynthia! Yes, look yes. at you go! <laughs> So I, I received this uh, two years ago as a gift for Christmas, and I have not opened it up, but I said tonight, you know how you save a cigar for a special occasion? Right. You save your favorite bourbon for a special occasion? So tonight's the night, in honor well, of you guys, okay? Well, ha have you had this before at all, or is this the first time you're experiencing Peppy? I have had it. Okay. I've had it before. Not many occasions, but I have had it, yes. And uh, I understand that, well, I've learned a lot from you, Jordan, and I want to continue to learn, but I understand that the 15 is extraordinary. That's the one. That's that, right. That is so a fantastic, cheers. Cheers, uh, cheers. Cheers to you, Cynthia. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like Thanks. 65 cheers tonight. Let's <laughs> I have a feeling we will. Mm. Oh, goodness. I, I wish now, yeah. Cynthia, that we were sitting next to you because... Uh, <laughs> Because the bourbon I'm having is very good, but nothing like what you're experiencing. That is some fantastic. What you? How's your first sip? Let's tell the folks how good that. Oh, it's fabulous! It's it's filled. It feels like caramel. It's just smooth from the first. It's not like grab you right here. It is just smooth. It tastes delicious. And I've been waiting to open this bottle, and I said, tonight the night. Wow. I went between this and my Angel's Envy, mm. and then I have my Willet, my Weller's 12. I mean, I have all uh, so many choices. And especially, I think I've uh, added to my collection during the situation this year that we're living in. Oh, right. goodness, haven't we all? Well, I, I am just so jealous just sitting what's here uh, watching you drink that. What's your ideal uh, pairing with a Fuente cigar? Do you reach for bourbon or, or, or something else? 100% bourbon. Wow, yes. I love that. Way to yes. go. 100%. And I do enjoy my wines. I love my red wines, but um, bourbon, for sure, to me, it pairs beautifully with cigars. Well, Whether I'm smoking a Flor Fina 858 with the Cameroon wrapper from the Marifo family or if I'm smoking the, the Añejo Shark, which I absolutely love, it just depends if I'm going to uh, drink a bourbon or even a rye, but I always go towards bourbon. That's that's my love. And I know that you guys, I mean, I love the show when you interview the cigar junkies, I have to tell you. Oh, the, the bourbon They're junkies. They're such yeah, cool yeah, kids. Yeah. Yeah, the oh, yeah, that was fun. That was a, that was a really fun show. Those are great guys, uh, the bourbon junkies. They're a cool yes. So You can learn a lot from them, too. What are, you, what are you going to fire up there? What do you got in your hand? What are you going to smoke? So I have uh, Between the Line in our Hemingway series, and it's, um, it has the African Cameroon wrapper and the Connecticut Shade wrapper. So this particular cigar, um, maybe about six years ago, my son, we were down at the factory in Santiago, and he had these made up for me. So they've been aging for many, many years, and I have a few left. So I decided this is another special occasion. Oh. Being on your show, I'm going to light this up. I love the Between the Line. It's one of my go-tos, but there's so many. I mean, I, I absolutely love the Don Carlos Personal Reserve. My favorite rapper, I would say, is more towards the Cameroon rapper. But I enjoy all the different rappers. And I enjoy all our cigars. It just depends on the mood. Sure. It depends on the moment. Sure. It depends on the day. 
what I'm eating for dinner, what I'm drinking. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you oh. fire that cigar up. Okay. I, I'll talk okay. to you. Uh, uh, I'm Jordan. I've got the uh, Don Carlos right here. Don Carlos. Uh, which Beautiful. right now is, Jordan, i got to say, is tasting phenomenal. Uh, should I say phenomenal? Oh. Uh, phenomenal. Jordan, what do, what do you what do you got going? What did you fire up? I've got the uh, Forbidden X... Nacimiento thirteen. Jordan, you're not messing Things around. Things a beast. You're not messing around. No, I don't mess, mess around. Come on. You right for it. Very good, Jordan. Awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. Trip. All right, Cynthia. We have so much to talk about. I, I really want to get into, uh, you know, talking about the family and you growing up in this family and whatnot. But I think I think we're gonna uh, mix it up a little bit and jump right into the big news that broke today. Because I think folks are going to want to hear about this from you. Uh, this was a, this is a real uh, to me, an, a, a kind of a shocker almost, an interesting. This is like, something we always wanted but never thought would happen. Yeah, like I mean, imagine you know, like imagine like the Beatles and the Stones getting together and, yeah. and, and cutting a record. You know, like that would have been incredible, right? So the news breaks today that uh, Fuente and Padron, none other than Fuente and Padron, are going to be collaborating. On a special project, and this project, when you just read it, when you read the project, this uh, uh, credit to Cigar Aficionado broke the story. Uh, and so the, the cool thing about this project is um, Fuente will be blending a cigar uh, that uh, pays homage to Jose Padron, Orlando Padron, and then uh, Padron uh, will be blending a cigar to uh, pay homage to Don Carlos Fuente. So... Talk about this news that broke today. This is incredible news and and how this came to be. Like all of this sort of stuff to me is amazing. And I can't wait to just see what the project looks like, let alone what it's going to taste like. It's it's a it's t this has got my uh this has uh, some goosebumps. Yeah. It's a goosebump factor. Phenomenal. <laughs> For me too, Eric. It's exciting. You know, during I think during this year with all this pandemic that we're facing, unfortunately, I think everybody has put their thinking caps on a little extra. But the Padron family and the Fuente family have so many different parallels that we're the same. We're two family-owned businesses. We're dedicated to our family. We adored our father, the legacy that both our fathers have put into this industry and how their, their memory lives on. So we are constantly thinking of things. And I think this is something that everybody would imagine there would be something so phenomenal. But then to hear it, the Fuente family and the Padron family working together like the Fuente family, the Newman family, the Fuente family, the Levine family, we've always been drawn to work with other families because we have a lot of the same morals and values. So Jose Padron, may he rest in peace, and my father, Carlos Fuente, they're both legacies in the industry. So after talking with the Padron family, and actually this Sunday, I'll meet the professor. George Padron is going to be our guest. Oh, great. So we yeah. hope that everybody tunes in and is a part of the show this week. We've been doing Meet the Professor since uh, March, I believe, and it's been such a phenomenal show. So George will be on so we can, you know, really talk about it more. But we are, our ex be next year. And meanwhile, my brother Carlos has been in the Dominican Republic, the scientists at work, putting together a blend. And 
honor of what he believes in his mind that uh, Don Jose Padron loves, his profile, his taste. And then George and Orlando are going to be putting together a blend that my father Carlos in their mind loves, his profile, what they think that he would love. Mm. And then we're going to have a beautiful packaging and we're going to have a secondary band with their names on it. It's going to be absolutely beautiful and something I don't think that anybody's actually done in the past. Now, so it's like we're bringing their palette to the market from a different perspective. But yet, since we're so similar, the way we've been brought up, both raised from Cuba, you know, a traditional family, traditional values and morals. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be very interesting. Oh, I mean, there's I no, there's no question yeah. about that. Now, do we know is do we know like how this project came to be? Who approached who? How did it? What was the genesis of this project? Well, my uh, brother Carlos, uh, you know, we keep in touch with all the different manufacturers, and during this adversity that we have faced with the FDA. We have, um, we're a very close industry. You know, this is a very small industry, but everybody respects each other so dearly. And all the different manufacturers have always come together no matter when, during trials and tribulations. So, you know, like during when the development of Pro Cigar, my brother Carlos had developed that to bring people together at that time. And then with the uh, CRA, the right, Cigar Rights of America, when Robbie, my brother Carlos, George Padron, they were the founders and they asked Lid Luke to come in and uh, on board with them. So during them spending so much time in Washington together, and during this uh, this year, even though we're not traveling and we don't see one another so much at the different conventions or what have you, we're always in contact. So my brother is, you know, when he sleeps at night, they're like, when do you sleep? Well, I think he's sleeping while he's asleep, if you can... <laughs> You know, if that makes sense. <laughs> so he came up with this idea and then approached George and them talking together. Um, they started putting their thinking caps on and, and I, it's going to be exciting. It so, really is. Cynthia, uh, so, one of the, oh, sorry, go on. I'm sorry. No, well, Cigar Aficionado, you know, Marvin Schenk and, and uh, his whole crew made such a predominant change for our industry in the early 90s. And they really, um, made cigars become an awareness that it's a luxury brand. It's a, it's, it's a special brand for a person that works hard, who deserves the best. And the perspective change in our industry and Cigar Aficionado, Marvin Schenk and everybody really brought a lot of differences in our industry. So this all comes together. So Cigar Aficionado went ahead and, um, and put it on you know, today for everybody to hear. Right. So it's like something we're all working together on this. Uh, we had an audience question. Um, if I can't find okay. it at the moment, but it, it, he, uh, one of the guys was asking if you guys know how many will be released at the time, or is that still to be determined? That's very early to be determined. It's going to be a limited, of course, limited, but we're going to try to get it out to as many people as we can. But, you know, we, we're big promoters of brick and mortars. We're very big promoters of the PCA. And next year, it's going to be, um, you know, an interesting year, but it's going to be a phenomenal year at the PCA. So we want to bring it out phenomenal. then. And we have a lot of uh, things in the works. So, oh, awesome. but uh, that's our goal. But, of course, like everything else, we it's more limited. Most of, like the Fuente Fuente Opasex, the Añejos, most of the things are limited, and it just it just depends. So, but we're going to try to share the love as much as we can. 
All right, and that's not the only uh, announcement that came out recently. You have this the Rare Pink Project, which will be yes, a uh, yes. that benefits uh, breast cancer research and awareness. Um, and that mm-hmm. that's an interesting one because it's it's from what I understand, it's essentially the Hemingway, but instead of the Cameroon wrapper, it has like an Ecuadorian wrapper instead. Uh, talk a little bit about that project as well. That I, the I think a lot of people are excited that on that one because so many people know a, a family member or a friend that's been affected, you know, by breast cancer. And so uh, this is a great project to, you know, be a part of, to help in that effort to, you know, deal with that horrible disease. Well, today, actually, I'm wearing pink. I have a, a guayavera that was made from Betta, the guayavera lady. And I have my pinky a stinky ashtray. <laughs> and I also have my pink glass for my water for the best breast cancer because it's a, it's a cause that's very dear to our hearts. Um, I personally lost my very, very dear friend when she was 42 of breast cancer 19 years ago. And uh, my, my niece, Liana Fuente, who's been doing breast cancer walks and my family, all of us have for, for many, many years now. And she lost her mother and lost her aunt to uh, breast cancer. So she has been doing um, breast cancer awareness every October. So this year she turned 40. And so today I'm all in pink in honor of Liana for her cause. And if I may just say that uh, making strides against breast cancer, it's secureassessment.org is the website. And she her goal is to uh, raise $40,000 and if she does, since she turned 40, she's gonna absolutely 100% shave her head. Oh. And her hair is very long now, so she's mm. gonna donate it to somebody right. that absolutely can need it. So, but the Fuente family, you know, we come from very humble beginnings and my grandfather didn't have much at all. And I was brought up in a family, a very lovable surroundings with I see my mother, my father, Carlos and Ana Fuente, my grandfather, my grandmother, Cristina and Arturo, um, working very, very hard. I grew up in a family that I witnessed passion, love, dedication, um, just doing the best we could. And we, we I, I remember my mother at the beginning of every school year bought me like seven dresses for the whole school year. And that's what I had. We didn't have a lot. So we know what the journey is. And there's so many different wonderful um, foundations to give to, but for the example of my father, Carlos Fuente, we want to give back as much as we can. The Fuente family represents that because we've seen the examples of my mother and father, Carlos and Anna. And in my father's estate, he has left X amount of dollars every year to be donated to different causes. So my daughter, Christina, is on the board of the Fuente Family Foundation, and we search different charities to be able to make a difference. So there's so many. And like Liana was saying today on the, you know, on the social media, she was on the Lord Puffer Fuente Friday show, that in any way that we can make a difference, even just you know picking up the phone or taking a lunch to somebody, whatever it is, to make somebody smile, you know, we want to try. So... I'm in, in honor for Tiliana. We hope we're going to make the forty thousand um, oh, goal for this. I, I have I have okay? a good I have a good feeling so, that we're going to make that goal. So cheers, 
Cheers. Okay, so then going back, to, yes, I Number know, two. right? Cheers to that. Absolutely, 100%. So then going back to that, Eric. Mm. So my brother Carlos, we're thinking about this, right? So we come up with pink. Think pink. So now we're going to come up with some cigars. They're going to be very special release. And the box is going to be, an, you can imagine, if you, I know you've seen the 20 anniversary blues, oh, yeah. Sex, went the Sex. So the box is going to be absolutely divine, and it's going to be all pink. And the proceeds to those cigars are going to go to breast cancer awareness awesome. or, or breast cancer organization. So mm-hmm. every cigar that one buys, it's part of that money is going to go to help people. That's, or to go to the research. That's absolutely fantastic. No, uh, Cynthia, so, I can't think of too many. Gonna other, great, I, everybody's going to wear pink. <laughs> they say that men wear pink. Real men wear pink. Oh, heck yeah. I, I'm wearing pink underwear right now. <laughs> I, I believe that. Of I believe. My brother Carlos said today he had pink underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> Cynthia, I can't think of too many other industries um, where – you know, it is as family oriented, like you said earlier, uh, like the cigar industry is. And and that brings up the interesting point of how many, you know, women in the industry are are leaders in this industry. And that's that's got to be a, a, a neat thing for you to see, you know, Janine Perdomo, Yanni Garcia. You, you know, you already mentioned yes. Liana Fuente, uh, the other women yes. in the industry. Do, do you talk to them? Is there sort of like an inner community of of you guys that that do communicate and talk about the industry because i I can't think of too many other industries that are like this yeah i think it's wonderful we are we're sisters of the leaf hand in hand and we do keep in touch and then of course when we're in gatherings or big smokes or what have you we get together like if we're in vegas we go to casa fuente we share we share but like when i was a, a very young lady I remember Diana Getz out of Chicago, uh, Uptown Tobacco Shop. And I was a young lady in the industry and I would watch her, her presence. And she had such a passion for our industry. And she did not care what anybody thought of her. She was on a mission. She loved our industry and she was there to show it. And so I grew up watching mentors, but most of the women, like in my family, my mother, and father got married when they were very young. They've been together. They were together since 14 and 15 and married at 17 and 18. And my mother was always right by my father, a hundred percent. So the women were by the men working uh, daily, but in a very supportive way, whether it was manufacturing or secretaries or what have you. But it seems like through the years, through the decades, as it moved forward, a lot more women came up on the forefront and now, because of social media, I feel, Eric and Jordan, that uh, women are able to express their love for the leaf. And uh, there's so many different groups on social media now that uh, women can come together. But I remember during the 90s and the, during the boom, there were so many women cigar dinners. And I remember women would literally come up to me after uh, the dinners and say, I want to thank you for saving my marriage. And I'm like, really? And I love love. So I'm like, tell me about it. (laughs) And it's because they said, you know, my husband loves cigars. And so then one day I said, may I join you? So we're sitting here enjoying the wine or what have you. And then we're we're engaged in conversation. We're sharing. I started going to the big smokes with them. And 
and it just brought a lot of people together. Cigars bring everyone together. It's just, I think it's the most wonderful industry in the world. I can't imagine being part of anything other. You know, the cool thing about, I think the cool thing about women cigar smokers is they, they're just cigar smokers. Like, they don't, it's not like they want, like, a certain style, a smaller, you know, cigar, right. form factor, or whatever. Like, no. when I meet, like, a, a, a woman that, that loves cigars, she likes the same stuff that we do. I, you know, there's been companies, I think, that have sort of, like, tried to pander towards, you know, women cigar smokers. And I don't think that ever works, like, because of the fact that cigar smokers are just cigar smokers, regardless of your political uh, opinion, regardless of your... You know, your upbringing or where you are in this world or whether you're male or female, it really doesn't matter. You just typically like no. the same stuff, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's like, to me, a cigar, any cigars for a woman. There's women that love the larger ring gauge. There's women that love the petite lancero. And, and some people love the short story. But all the cigars, if you're a cigar lover and you love the leaf, I mean, it's just a personal preference. I, I, I enjoy all the different sizes. Yeah, I mean, and and so do I. Like, uh, I I I typically am a guy that like a lawn. I like a Lonsdale or a Rubusa. You know, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Everybody kind of has their own, you know, sort of uh, you know personal preferences and and whatnot. And I think that's the greatest thing just about this industry as a whole is it just brings everybody together to the same table to enjoy a handmade premium you know, a product and you can talk about all the sort of things in your life. It gives you a two, three hours to just set everything aside and put it away for a little while and give yourself kind of a break from the, you know, the hectic lives that we all leave, especially in the last few months. Absolutely. hundred percent. It gives, it's a time to be able to reflect and just to be able to, to enjoy whether you're enjoying alone or you're enjoying with a friend, or you're in an event with many, many, many people, but it's to be able to enjoy this, this cigar that comes from the earth, and it's a gift from God. Mm. It's a natural product, 100% organic. And when you think about it, Eric and Jordan, it's like from seed to smoke, it touches approximately 300 hands, and from the beginning, from the seed that you can see the seeds growing and then the tobacco in the field and then it goes into the curing barns and then into the fermentation and to the belongs and then to the aging. And then when it's when that tobacco's in front of you and you're able to see the cigar roller with the wrapper, the binder, the filler, putting that, that recipe together of the cigar that he's making whether it's, you know, nine inch or five or four, whatever it may be, the love that they put into it. Like we went to the Dominican in 1980. My mother and father started all over without a nickel in their pocket. And uh, my father started with seven employees after being burned out in Nicaragua, after being burned out in Honduras and many ventures. And um, today we have over 2,000 employees that work in our factory and not saying all the people that we have in our farm in Chateau de la Fuente, employees in our foundation, the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. So the Dominican, we're originally from Cuba. That's our heritage, but the Dominican Republic is our home. And uh, we're so grateful to that country and everything that is given us. 
Yeah, we're going to talk, uh, after the commercial break, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the family, the Fuente family, because obviously that's, that is an incredible story, and especially getting your perspective growing up in that family. Uh, but let's do it, Jordan. Halfway through, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, including the brand-new exclusive Romeo and Julieta Passion. Don't forget to check out their social media pages, including YouTube, where they feature cigar reviews, interviews, and their famous weekly top five videos. Check out JR Cigars for all of your premium cigar needs. This is episode 264, Smoke Night Live. Uh, I'm your host. I'm sitting here with Jordan, my uh, son and Wonder Boy producer. And hey, you know what, guys? Speak. Uh, Cynthia Fuente mentioned a minute ago Casa Fuente, and Casa Fuente in Las Vegas sort of holds a special place in my heart because Jordan, if, oh, you, oh, oh. if you remember, right, a lot of memories. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing, Cynthia. There was a time in my life back in the day when me and my wife first got married that we we smoked cigarettes, and eventually wow. I I was able to like break that habit. I broke that habit. So then. Smoking in my family kind of became like uh, taboo. It was a no-no. Like we just, you just did not smoke. And we went. We were in. Uh, we were in Las Vegas for a, uh, a publishers' convention at the time. I think Jordan, and we we all went to Casa Fuente. And Jordan and a good friend of mine and my other son Dominic, they all got cigars. And they're like, "Dad, are you gonna get a cigar?" And I was like, "Ah, you well, know." Well, no. I, I mean, I remember it being even like scarier than that because like for even for me and my brother to get a cigar like we already we kind of smoked cigars without him knowing and like because smoking was so <laughs> taboo in the family it was <laughs> insane like then we're like i guess we'll grab one we're, we're at this store like let's do it and then somehow you grabbed a cigar and freaked us all out so yeah i got a cigar i think i got a i think i got some sort of uh, it was like the cheapest the cigar cheapest they cigar had. they possibly had yeah i got the, <laughs> I got the cheapest cigar in the humidor and we, we sat around, and we had mojitos and cigars, and we just had such a great time. Like, great it, it, yeah. like it changed, something in there changed, and then we came back to Colorado, and we went to a cigar bar, and I had a Padron 1964 Maduro, and when I had that Padron, yeah. that... All of a sudden, everything changed, Cynthia. Like, changed. I, I smoked yes. it, and I realized, what, wait a minute, like, there's something more to this than just trying to get yes. to tobacco, you know? And mm-hmm. and then I got hooked on it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I want that flavor. I want more of that. And I can remember going around like, hey, do you have anything like a, do you have anything like a Padron 64? But it's not, you know, like, and then I started, like, researching it. And, and before I knew it, Cynthia, I was hooked. So it, it took that one sort of special that moment one. in yeah. my life. That to, moment. Right, yes. right. Now, that brings yeah. me to the question. Oh, that's wonderful. Growing up in the Fuente family, I don't know, Cynthia. Are you? Did you ever watch Sopranos? Of course, of course. I still do. <laughs> right, right. Yes, it's it's the it great. Reminds me of the family. I love it. It's the greatest show in Tony the world. Capone, my yeah, favorite. yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in an Italian family, so I kind of I, I I relate to that. But the, but in that show, for the longest time, they would just tell their kids that they were you know that they were trash collectors, like they had a garbage company. Right, That's right, what they right. told their kids. So, like, yeah. at what point in your life did you realize that you were in, you know, your family was ingrained in the cigar industry, the tobacco industry? Can you, like, what are some of your earliest memories 
of being in the family that is the most famous brand on earth for cigars. Yeah. Well, you know, I think about it. If my grandfather, Arturo, um, would have been able to imagine that his name would be known worldwide, I don't think in his wildest dreams he ever would have dreamed that. And, um, and my father, Carlos, I mean, he always said he never dreamed of being the biggest. It was being the best. And I, this is second nature to me, Eric. Like, I grew up in this industry, but as a very, very young child, I mean, I was always around tobacco. I was always around family. I was always around people working. My mother, uh, I've said this before, that my mother laid wrapper uh, till she was nine months pregnant of me at the Questeray Cigar Factory because wow. my father couldn't afford wow. to pay her. So he called the owner of Questeray and asked him, please, can you teach my wife all she knows? And that way she can come back and help me. So she did that. And, and then after I remember as a child, every day when things were good, my mother was home with us, taking care of us. But I always knew when my dad was a little stressed trying to meet bonuses, pay bonuses in December or, or June, my mother would be sending us to my military aunt's house to take care of us. So my mother would be working with my father. And so then after school, we would go like all summer to the factory. And uh, I would do my, my homework on tobacco bales. And I remember this mechanic, Armando Garcia, he was a genius in math. So he used to help me with my math and then my English. And, uh, and I used to go to all the different departments because I would spend time with my godfather. I would spend time with my grandmother. And in the meanwhile, I was learning all about the leaf. I was learning about making cigars, about uh, putting them in, in colors, putting them in the boxes, uh, putting the cellophane individually, ironing the cellophane on the boxes one by one. I used to help my grandmother or taking the tray of coffee from my uncle to everybody. My grandmother would make the coffee and I would serve it to everybody. And then my two uncles, they were the worst. They used to do bad jokes and they used to tell me the jokes to tell each other, okay? <laughs> I used to be in the middle of it. So it's like literally when I think about it, I've been in this all of my life and I feel so blessed and grateful to have been born in this beautiful industry. But we worked hard. We were a very small company and we just tried to make ends meet. And, and my father just worked around the clock. I mean, literally, my father wouldn't come home for like a week and my mother told my brother Carlos, Ricky and I, go get a little suitcase and pack some stuff for a few days. And we went to the office and we told my, she told my father, if you're not coming home, we're staying here with you. <laughs> so we stayed there for a few days and then he went home. Wow. I mean, it's like, my father used to just, he would literally lay on the, on the machines and sleep and then get up, shower, and then start the new day. It, it's, um, it was definitely been a long journey, but so I, I just feel when I look back at it, I, it's always been my world. Well, it's you, always been my world. Do you remember the first time you had a cigar that you tried actually smoking a cigar? I do actually. Well, my grandfather Arturo was known to smoke up to 25 cigars a day. Wow. So he literally lived with a cigar in his mouth, literally. I remember he would fall asleep on the chair. My grandmother would get it and lift, take it out of his hand and put it on the ashtray. 
Or he'd be laying in bed telling me stories because he loved to, and he had the cigar in his hand, and then the ashes would fall on his stomach. So I remember my grandfather, he would be sitting down smoking a cigar, and I'd be playing, and I'd come by, and I'd look at him, and I probably was like 10 years old or something. I'm like, can I taste that? And he'd say, yeah. He hand me the cigar. I take a puff and keep on going. <laughs> like, cool. And I mean, I did that from time to time, but I know that. Um, well, I, my father was very, very adamant about education. He believed in education even to this day. And um, so, I, I at the beginning of college is when I believe that I really started learning about how I loved the actual leaf, how I loved smoking. How I I really believe that that's when my love uh, started growing more and more. And then you know, and of course, younger, you know, you have children. Then it might not be so much of your life because you're raising your children. You go through different um, things in your you know times in your life. But um, I'll tell you, it is part of my life, 100%. I love to enjoy a good cigar, whether with friends or alone. But, um, you know, so it, I've always I've always enjoyed the cigars. Like, I think Jose said that he smoked, I don't know how many, thousands and thousands of cigars. I'm like, I wonder if we had to sit there and think about how many cigars we smoked, how many will we come up with? Huh. I, Jordan, can you all answer that? I, I just can imagine, like, you know, like, back in the, you know, the schoolyard, you know, and, and Cynthia's playing, like, Foursquare with her friends, and, and, and she's got yeah. a, she's, smoking a cigar. She's smoking a cigar, you know, like... <laughs> Like what? They're they're talking about you know like you know the 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 newest record and she's just like talking you know like hey, I got this Cameroon it's delicious you guys got to try it no um, no but that that you know that growing up in that family is is not totally unique to the cigar industry we've interviewed you know pretty much everybody in the industry and there are you know half or so of the the people that make cigars that are in the industry that, that grew up in the cigar families and then yeah. uh, other guys, you know, they've gotten into it, you know, more recently, but that's pretty much all you've known, Cynthia, your entire life. Now, what about growing up with, with your brother, Carlito? Like what kind of a kid was, was he like, did he, who picked who on was, who? Yeah. Who's picking who, on who? Who picked on who? <laughs> like, did he pick on you? Did he, he push you around he, a little bit? Uh, yeah. He picked on me. Yeah, he used to loved. He loved uh, wrestling. He used to get me in the headlock all the time. <laughs> and then, and then I would get fit up, and I would just start chasing him down the street, and we'd end up in the in the ditch down three or four blocks in the middle of the ditch, fighting each other. And I'd tear his t-shirt off, and oh my gosh. But I mean, the way he is now, I really believe he was like that, but just in a different way, you know. Because my brother Carlos, he loved music since he was very young. He played the the um, trumpet and the organ and like in the bands he played the trumpet. So he was always um, artistic, and uh, he never formally was educated in in art or what have you. But he just has this thing about him that he's a creator. Mm. And growing up with him, he was always inventing things, you know. And uh, we have uh, have two brothers, and they were both. I was in the middle of both of them, and I was the only girl cousin. So I think I've always been in, in an environment of, around the male, mostly. Mm. I mean, I had second and third cousins, but mostly on my first cousins, everybody was males. So I've always been used to being surrounded by by um, the men's, men's, and I love it. And I, I feel like during my journey in this world, in this industry, 
I've always been welcomed so much by all the men in the industry and they've always been so respectful and just, um, you know, I just really have a lot of admiration for the creation of a man. I'll have to tell you. Now, and I was always a hundred percent of daddy's girl, oh, yeah. a million trillion percent. I can see that. You know, uh, was there ever a time when you thought, you know, maybe that you weren't going to, you know, be, you know, in the industry, maybe you're going to go your own way, do something else. And if you would have done that, you know, what might you have done uh, on your own? Do you have other interests besides the cigar industry that you, you know, entertained uh, as a teenager or anything like that? Well, um, not really. I mean, in a sense, well, my father, uh, he always, he wanted us to go work different places so that we had an idea what it is. Because he always said the cigar industry will always be there. And it's got to be something that comes out of your heart your soul, it's gotta be part of you. So, I mean, like after, I was always inventing, then I always wanted to work. So I used to work at a men's clothing store for many years and uh, I worked at a hospital for some time. I did different jobs and I wanted to work at McDonald's, but my father <laughs> refused to let me work at McDonald's. The dream. Okay, yeah. And, um, but I, I did do different things, but I, I feel that in my heart, I always knew that I wanted to work alongside my mother, my father, my grandparents, my family, because that's the way I was brought up. And so I really never really had aspirations. I always loved psychology and, and I studied psychology and business in college, but um, I really didn't. You know, my daughter, Christina, one day asked me, mother, if uh, like, what hobbies do you actually have if it's not to do with cigars, <laughs> the cigar world? And I'm like, God, I had to sit down and think about that. Like, what kind of hobbies do I really have? I mean, I, I love a good sunset. I love the water. I live on the water. So I love, you know, boating and I love my plants and I love being outdoors. I really do. But I don't have a lot of hobbies. Even my brother Carly's. Calito, when they asked him that, he's like, he doesn't do a lot of things. We love great dinners. We love fine wines. We love fine bourbons. We love to like gather around the family, beautiful dinner. My daughter, Christina is a chef. So we enjoy fabulous mm. dinners and desserts. And, you know, we just really stay close to family and friends. I'm really big on family and friends. And um, I do have a passion for older people, I have to tell you. For older people, I have a lot of older people that I take care of and uh, I love to go to retirement centers before the COVID and uh, give my time to these people that have so many stories mm. and that you can learn so much from them. And I love listening to them. I, I, I have to say, so I guess I do have a couple of passions besides <laughs> the leaf. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, so you know, like if you think of like products in the world, um, you know that are, that consumers purchase, uh, there are there are only a few of them that get that brand recognition. You know, like Jordan, like if you want a a, a band aid, that's it's really a band a bandage. It's a, it's but a bandage, but you say you say band aid, or if you want a, a tissue, you say you say Kleenex. Right. You know, if you want right. to, you know, yeah. if you want a, yeah. a soda, you sh usually say like Coke or Pepsi, right? And that's that ultimate right. brand recognition. There's, there's, that's very, very, very difficult to achieve. And you know, Fuente is that they're at that level. Yes. A, somebody yes. comes into a a cigar lounge and they ask for a Fuente. It's synonymous with the product. 
I mean, that when you get to that level, that's the, the you know, it shows the passion that your family has put in and the 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 product is always quality. It's something that every to get to that level, it has to be a product that everybody understands is always going to be good. It's always going to perform. That is really what the Fuente brand is. Like when you say like give me a Fuente, you're saying in your mind, you just know it's going to be a good tasting, well performing product. And that's the ultimate goal. And you guys have gotten to that stage. That's no easy that's no easy task to get to that brand recognition like that. No, it's not. But my father always concentrated. He always wanted to have a quality product that people can depend on, that's gonna be consistent. Like going to your favorite restaurant, you know exactly what you're gonna get every time. And when you light that uh, Flor Fina 858, for an example, in 1973, we brought it out in honor of my grandfather, Arturo. He passed away at 85. Every time you light that cigar, you know exactly what you're gonna smoke. And that was my father's goal always. And to have a product that's very reasonable. Because anybody that knows tobacco, they know that it's a very expensive uh, a, a product to make. Tobacco is extremely expensive, but we always wanted to have a product that was reasonable. And if you compare our cigars to the world, we, our cigars are very reasonably priced. Yeah, you know, I'm, just like Gordon, you talk about, you know, getting a, a bourbon that you can buy maybe a good bourbon for 40, 50, 60 dollars. And it's and it's you know exactly what you're going to get every time. And it's similar to, to, to the Fuente cigars. It's reasonably priced for the consumer, but it's consistent and it's wonderful. And this has been a hundred more than than 112 years that we've dedicated our lives to this. Yeah. Now, Cynthia, the. You've seen it all. You've seen it all in the cigar industry. And now here we are. We're in a different sort of age um, of cigars where we've kind of kind of gone down the path a little bit of like craft bourbon, maybe some other um, uh, obviously craft beer is the same way where it's gotten a little crazy. There's you know, there's, you know, uh, gimmicks like we just released a cigar last week called the gimmick, (laughs) which was fun. But um, right. uh, talk about the change in the industry, where we are right now, and what do you think about some of the modern-day releases that are so unique and different? It doesn't necessarily mean that the product is going to be good or bad. It's just different, right? It's changed over the years. The consumer... Unconventional. It's, uncon- it's a little bit less conventional maybe than it was 20 years ago. I feel that every decade, Eric um, and Jordan, every decade has brought a difference to the cigar industry. And I know that like we were basically a boutique brand when we first started. We started, um, nobody knew who Fuente was. And I remember in the 70s, it was a very difficult time for the cigar industries. And I remember as a child walking down Ybor City like all the men would be all dressed up with, with women, you know, with their hats and everything. And they used to smoke the candela wrapper, the green claro claro wrapper. Right. And um, right. so like every decade of, of, that I've experienced, it brings something different to the industry. But now you see a lot of the uh, boutique brands, you see a lot of people making it. Like during the boom in the 90s, there was so many people coming in the industry, many of them just to make a fast dollar and other, other ones came in to, to stay, like Lito Gomez, Rocky Patel, there was many of them. But I believe in 
and those small organizations that are authentic and they're in it to win it, that they love tobacco and they want to learn and they want to have, uh, you know, age fermented tobacco that people love. And I, I stand behind them because we all have to start somewhere. And I believe that the industry, everybody has a right to be part of it. As long as you have that passion and that dedication and you really want to make the best product possible, whether you're bigger or smaller, I, I, I think it's a wonderful thing. I really do. As long as you're authentic about it. Right. You know, you know? I would say, Cynthia, it seems to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, we're, we're obviously we're not in the same boom that happened in the 90s, but in a way we're kind of in a different kind of boom. It's sort of like a, I would call it like a quality boom. Like it seems like Absolutely. nowadays, you know, with uh, the, some of the Perdomo stuff, some of the stuff that's coming out of obviously Nicaragua. I mean, yeah. it seems like nowadays people really are intent on a quality product and that's kind of where our boom is sort of right now is this quality, this, this intense right. desire to make like the best cigar they possibly can. Yes, because in the 90s, uh, people were growing tobacco in their, in their backyard. And Bonao and, and Tamborin, all through the Dominican, Nicaragua, Honduras, it was like whatever they can get. They were getting tobacco from in Indonesia using raw tobacco, not aging, not fermenting. I mean, we, we never rushed the hands of time. That's our logo. And we never changed anything. Even when Cameroon wrapper was very difficult to come by, my, my father never changed any of our, our wrappers that went on the Hemingways or, or the Don Carlos or, you know, the classic Fuentes. So we stay true to ourselves. But I feel that today people really understand because people want to be educated. They want to learn. And there's so much information out there for the person that wants to learn, whatever it is. And so they want a quality product. They want tobacco that 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 is, you know, smooth on your throat and goes down easy and, and has a wonderful flavor and has the balance and the profile. They're, they're, they're demanding, the customers are demanding, the consumers, and I think it's wonderful. So I think people are concentrated, even the manufacturers, they wanna bring the best quality product to the market that they possibly can. So I believe it's like this year, it's uh, been a very challenging year for everybody, needless to say. But uh, it's brought a different um, awareness because no matter everything we're facing in today's world um, with the COVID and so forth, people make a way, like this industry, you know, everybody's working as hard as they can and doing like the different podcasts and the social media and the Zooms or whatever it takes like everybody's doing what it takes to make it work because I mean, all of the manufacturers have a story to tell and everybody has had trials and tribulations. And I believe that this, we're so resilient. The cigar industry is so resilient. Like we don't take no for an answer <laughs> and we just like this year and, and, and let me know your thoughts on it. Like during this situation that we're all in this year, we haven't been able to do events. We haven't been able to travel. We couldn't go to the PCA you know, the um, the Dortmund, the one in, in Vegas, all of these shows we missed, but we still found a way and the industry, like David Legwood, our salesman said, he just, he's in Colorado. And, um, you know, I mean, everybody's going through 
the the rules when they were able to open and when they've had to close and curbside. But the people have believed in their brick and mortar stores and they've supported their brick and mortar stores. People have gone to online. They they people are seem to be like even smoking cigars more. Like maybe instead of going to their smoke shop, they're smoking with their neighbors. So they're introducing more people's cigars. So it seems like it's like a mini boom in a sense that people are just learning so much more about the leaf. Yeah. I, I, that's the way I view it. Yeah, and and um, I have I, I think that you know over the last few years, obviously this year we haven't been able to travel, but over the last yes. you know six, eight, ten years or so. Uh, there does seem to be this more demand by the consumer to be involved. I mean, you guys with Pro Cigar and and what you do in the in in uh, you know the DR, and of course there's you know Cigar Safari, there's Camp Camacho. I went on the Perdomo right. trip last February, which was a lot of fun. Like that sort of stuff is relatively new in the cigar industry. I mean. It hasn't been that long where consumers have wanted to like actually go to the factories and that kind of stuff. So like the consumer is just more educated about the product. They want to see it being made. They want to get their. They want to feel it. They want to. Yeah, like like talk about the fact that now you're you're having to continue to make products to a, a consumer base that's a lot more educated. Which I think is wonderful because. I mean, we love everything we do and we love our job, but we love when people want to learn about it. They want to learn about the tobacco and there's so much information out there. And so for us, it, it makes our, our, like what we do even more exciting. I love that. And there's so many dedicated people out there that want to learn about the tobacco. And then the different, you know, manufacturers, they offer these trips like Rocky Patel and Nick Perdomo and, and uh, all of these people that offer these trips so everybody can go to these countries and see firsthand to see. And once you go into the cigar factory or once you walk onto a tobacco farm, you see it in a different perspective. So you're able to feel that tobacco. You're able to feel the, the you know, the, the stickiness of the leaf as it's growing and I think that that really enhances your your want and your desire to learn more about it. So I I, I really think it's been a wonderful thing for everybody. Yeah, no. And there's so many just, consumers out there. Just so you know, Cynthia, my bucket list yeah. is to go to the Fuente it's factory. It's a Willy Wonka in, style in factory DR, going so on. I'm just throwing that out there. I and you know, I don't want to like I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to push anything, but. <laughs> Uh, Listen, can I tell you? Yeah. You have an open invitation. Please, both of you, come. Bring Scott, too. Okay. Okay. Scott, <laughs> Scott. Wow, Scott. Too. You dug. Uh, we would love to because we've worked so hard in enhancing the, the factory in Santiago, and it's it's definitely an experience to see, and we want to share it with the world. And we would love for both of you to be able to come, and you can come to the foundation. Oh. You can go to the, the farm. is a true paradise. The Chateau de la Fuente is a paradise. We have this beautiful Hemingway house, and uh, we entertain there. It's really beautiful. There are all the beautiful animals we have, the horses, the peacocks, the everything. Oh, wow. It, it's, it's beautiful. And the, far, the factory itself, is, it's a cathedral. The entrance, there's a restaurant that's a landmark here in Tampa called the Columbia Restaurant. And they've been there since early 1900s. I've been there. So they have beautiful... Uh, have you been? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, because you were at Davidoff doing your show one time, right? Yeah, yeah. In Tampa. Yeah, yeah I, I frequent. In fact, in fact, Cynthia, I have just two last topics I'd like to to bounce off okay, you. All right. And one of them has Absolutely. to one of them has to do with Tampa, uh, in that the relationship with J.C. Newman. I've been down there several times. Yes. I've seen the factory before they started construction on it and i've seen it in mid construction i've had bobby on the show what a great family the, yeah. the newmans are oh like they're, yes. they're amazing talk a little bit about the the unique and special relationship that you have with the newmans oh my god the newman family is such a wonderful family i love them dearly and they truly have become family to us so i witnessed my father and i even asked my brother carlos this one day that I witnessed my father always doing business with other families. And like the Levine family, we've been in business with them for many years. And I remember when my father first went to the Dominican in 1980, we used to make the Moya cigars, which are which was homogenized wrapper and uh, Tampa and machines. We were still making machine maids at the time. So when we went to the Dominican, we started making all handmaids. So my father wanted to continue that brand. So he went to talk with Stanford Newman and he told me, Cynthia, I want you to come with me. So I was able to witness that history. I was Newman, Carlos Puente. So my father said, Mr. Newman, I'm in the Dominican now and uh, I would like you, if you can, consider to make the Moyas for me. So at the end of that meeting, Stanford Newman told my father, well, Carlos, we've always been in the machine-made business, but we would like to get in the handmade business. We know that we need to. Would you make uh, some bundles for us in the Dominican? So that was the beginning. But my father always had a foresight. He could see and feel things beyond his years or beyond the, like, I think a decade or two, he could just foresee things. So he knew that the Newmans and the Fuentes could develop a beautiful relationship. At the time, we had brokers. And I worked all the, uh, across the United States with these brokers. Old, you know, uh, uh, leather shoe brokers that had a book this big, and they sold <laughs> everything they had to do. And then one page was Fuente in there, one little page. But, um, you know, it was, so we didn't have, we only had brokers, we didn't have salesmen. So the Newmans, we came up with a plan that the Newmans can represent our company and because they had a sales force. And then we would make all of their handmade cigars in the Dominican. So we started like that. And uh, gosh, this was in the, in the 80s. And we have had a beautiful relationship. When you talk about a marriage, I know that a marriage is a, the most wonderful thing that God ever created. And between both of us, our both families, we have the utmost respect for one another. We developed their foundation, the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation together. And so we have done so much and we just really have a beautiful working relationship, a beautiful understanding. And it's been a phenomenal, uh, and it goes to generations to generations. Phenomenal. So it was my father and, and Stanford Newman, and then Bobby, Eric, my brother Carlos and myself, and now Drew and Liana and the next generation are working together. So it's it's um, we're very, very proud of our relationship. Yeah. And just like the Levine family, we make the Ashtons. And uh, we've been with them for many years as well. And then the Marifel family. My father has been buying tobacco from Cameroon for the Marifel family, Marifel family for decades now. 
So I wondered, you know, why was it we were always surrounded by different families? And I think it's because we always had the same, like I said, the same goals, the same dedication, the same um, pride in what we do. And so we, we were with people like ourselves. And this is another reason why we're going to be working with the Padron family, too. So it's, it's, it's an example of, of how we feel in our hearts. Wow, that's uh, that's amazing, Jordan. You got some? A real quick question. I don't know if it's quick or not, but um, okay. It seems oh, you know we we've we've all known since at least the '90s that Carlito would be the next generation of blending with the Fuentes. What's what's the next generation? Who's who's his protege? What's what do we expect after Carlito? Wow, that's interesting. Hmm, I'm not really sure. We'll have to see. You stumped her, Jordan. You stumped her. <laughs> I can't believe well, it. She's know, speechless. You know, I can tell you, I can tell you the exact answer, and it's heart-wrenching for me because it was my son. Uh, unfortunately, I lost my son a few years back, and uh, he had tobacco in his blood, and I know he was going to be working right by my, my, fa- my brother, and he loved tobacco. He loved blending, so it was going to definitely be him. But um, I believe that Carlos, uh, his younger son, he's in college now, and he he loves the industry, and I, I believe that he will be involved as well. And, you know, Liana loves tobacco. My niece, Liana, she loves, she smokes cigars, honey. She has it in, but she's more involved in the in the marketing. But she loves to uh, put together a blend, too. So we'll, we'll just have to see. You know, Carlos's kids are still young, and everybody... All of the grandchildren have kind of found a little way because they all um, respect and uh, love their legacy and their heritage. So they've all found a way to like be part of, of you know, of our family's business. So we'll have to see, you know. Right. Yeah. But I'm sure there's going to be, there's definitely going to be people for sure. All right. So the, I got, the ind- I got, next generation is bright. I got one last, uh, one last question for you. There's no question the legacy that your father left on the cigar industry. And I'm curious what you think, what you would like your legacy to be in the industry. If, if 50 years from now people look back on you and your career in the industry, what would you like them to think about you and how you affected the premium cigar industry? Okay, well, I, I, I love people. And I love love, and I love um, to be surrounded by people. So when I'm traveling, and I've been traveling on the road since the 70s or what have you, I've always been so grateful to everybody that I've met along the way. So I feel like I have friends, extended families in all the different states, and it's been because of the cigar industry. So I have always been a person that's like a peacemaker and I've always looked at the bright side of most everything. To me, there's always something to be grateful for, even in the darkest hours. And so I've, I've, I'm the, the person in my family that always, like my grandmother, Christina, that keeps everybody together. My brother, Carlos says that I throw the best parties ever. You know, I would always have all the family and and bring, you know, the cousins and stuff. So I think it's important for somebody to be that backbone, to keep the peace and to keep everybody united, to remember your values about your family, to respect and admire one another 
and to always um, treat somebody like you want to be treated. And, and so I, I believe that, that I would like to keep the peace in the world and for us to continue to spread peace and to love one another cuz i feel like there's so much love in this world. Oh man, that's that's touching. Now, Cynthia, when am i going to get a Cynthia bobblehead? I mean, <laughs> i got i got this. I need a I need a Cynthia bobblehead. Come on. Work on that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> no, Cynthia, i can't we can't thank you enough for taking time on a Friday night to join us on Smoke Night Live. Just it was an amazing hour. Just I really just appreciate the the time and and all that you shared with us. It was it was truly amazing. Thank you so much. I really personally want to thank both of you, Eric and Jordan. It's such a pleasure for me to be able to share my Fuente Friday with both of you. And I have really been inspired by you, Eric, and I love your dedication and all you do for so many people out there. You bring so much information to everybody and that you all you know, show, show your love of the leaf. You show your love for the bourbons. I love the way you do the different tastings. And there's so much that you offer the consumer. So we thank you for everything you do. And thank you for your invitation and for considering me to spend this Friday evening with you. Ah, thank you. Don't go away. I want to talk to you for just a little bit after the show. Okay. Right. Guys, it's Sounds Friday good. night on the Dojo Verse. Uh, yeah, share Friday. what you're smoking, share what you're drinking, share what you're Fuente listening Friday, to. Fuente Friday, baby. It's Fuente Friday. Couldn't be, yeah. It couldn't Woo. be better than that. Um, on Wednesday, Flavor Odyssey will be back. Uh, Robbie and Randy will do, be doing a wild card episode. This wild card episode pairing is interesting. It's a any Cuban cigar paired with an Oktoberfest beer. So that's the Ooh. first time they, I think they've delved into the uh, Cuban cigars with a, uh, a Oktoberfest beer. So get any Oktoberfest beer that you can get your hands on. I know it's a little late for Oktoberfest. But that's okay. Um, there should be... It's just like a week yeah, off. We're like good. A, it's like a week We're off. We're still there. It should be good. So that should be fun. On, on next Friday night, Smoke Night Live, I think Eric Espinoza will be on the show. I got something kind of fun planned for him. And so until next week, everybody, remember, never smoke alone. We'll see you guys next Friday night. Introducing the all-new Romeo y Julieta Passione. The story of this cigar dates back almost a year during a visit to the Flor de Coupon factory in Honduras we witness the endless amount of passion and love the workers put into each and every cigar. This hand-rolled cigar uses a blend of Dominican and Honduran filler tobaccos, along with a rich and flavorful binder from the U.S. The wrapper is a zesty Ecuadorian Habano leaf that offers up notes of pepper, leather, nuts, and a dash of cocoa. Ignite your passion and pick up a box of the Romeo y Julieta Passion at jrcigars.com.